0: This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Best-selling author Matt Schlegel is committed to developing highly effective, style-diverse teams and giving them the tools and strategies to tackle challenges that are seemingly impossible. Principal of Schlegel Consulting, Matt started his career as an electrical engineer and soon realized that successful project outcomes depend more on leading people than leading electrons. Matt discovered a powerful system called the agram and used it to develop a novel set of tools, strategies, and applications for team effectiveness that he used in his consulting practice and shares in his book, Teamwork9.0. Matt, welcome to the show.
1: So great to be here with you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Now, you're in Palo Alto, California. Is that true? Yes. So the reason why that means something to me is because that's where Silicon Valley is. And we're recording this on March 7th, 2022. It was released on March 8th. And March 8th is when Apple does their first keynote of 2022. And I'm one of those Apple nerds that blocks out time on my calendar. I sit in front of my Apple TV and I watch the keynote live. Do not try to call me. My phone will be not. Do not, beyond do not disturb because I'm weird like that, Matt. That's just the way I roll. It sounds great. <laughs> it, Apple has a lot of
1: fans, and uh, you, you know, great products. And I, I don't
0: blame you at all. Yeah, I. My family is a hundred percent Apple, and I, you know, I don't hate android or google or microsoft people i just use everything apple i've got the home pod the iphone the apple watch the apple tv i've got everything i'm just a nut when it comes to all things apple um they're expensive but i i i just like them and i bleed apple silver and white like i tell my friends so let's talk about teamwork so i want to go back to before this nasty rude visitor named COVID hit back before 2020, and I want you to kind of um look at how teamwork was prior to the pandemic and how it is now in March of 2022. Is there a difference with some people working remotely and some people in the office, or is teamwork still just teamwork? Wow, that's a great question. Um Teamwork is
1: still teamwork, and people still Go through a, you know, a process by which to coalesce, form teams to solve problems. So fundamentally that hasn't changed. Um, but what has changed is our ability to interact with each other to form highly effective teams. Um, you probably know that, you know, communication um, is, is, more than just verbal communication. Communication, it, there's a lot of nonverbal communication that goes on as well. And so when people are co-loaded, co-located and, you know, in the physically the same space, you know, there's a different level of, you know, interaction and communication than there is when we're separated. You know, and, and working together via Zoom or whatever tools, you know, you've, you've adopted. Um, so, you know, I think we're adjusting to, you know, the, the new realities of working together and we're working through that. But fundamentally, I think we're still coming together to solve our common problems.
0: You know, you mentioned Zoom, and everyone knows what Zoom is now, and uh, I'm 56. Now, I shave my head every morning. I'm going to guess you have some gray hair, although this is an audio podcast. You have some gray hair. I'm guessing you're not 22, so you're probably more my age. I'm pretty much very close to you. Okay. Age. <laughs> you know, and I remember growing up, I went to high school in the 80s. I went to college in the 90s, and, you know you didn't do anything online. And I remember uh, I went to Rochester Institute of Technology and they were one of the pioneers of distance learning, but it wasn't on the internet. They would send these things called VHS tapes. And for the younger audience, go Google what a VHS tape is they would send them from Rochester down to Houston where I am now. And I had to watch the videos and, that was the beginning. Now everything's like streaming and is, and I, when you said zoom, I mean, I can't imagine anyone going a week without being on zoom or a FaceTime or a Google meet or a Skype or something. We, it's such an integral part of our lives. And I really think this is one of the blessings, if you will, to the pandemic, because we were always at work This is my workspace, and I'm at home with my home space. Now we can say, look, I don't want to go to work in an office building. I want to serve people from my home. And this technology, which really blossomed during the pandemic, really helped us not only with our teammates but also with our clients. Right, right, and you know, in
1: in terms of productivity, the uh, you know my productivity, you know, skyrocketed once I didn't have to get into a car and fight traffic to go work with clients, right? And, you know, so we all were on board that, you know, this is the way we're going to work together. You know, we set a time, we're all there online, and we can all do what we need to do. And, and, you know, there was an incredible um, amount of efficiency in doing that. So that's, you know, that was the good news, you know, but the bad news is that works really well. When you have already coalesced as a team, you already know people, you already know how to interact. So, you know, that can be relatively seamless, but forming new teams with people that you might not already know really well, that's where that, you know, Face to face personal interaction can be so powerful. And what I would encourage people to, to still do, even in a, a hybrid world, you know, still you want to make the time to get together, break bread, get to know each other, um, because that just helps everything down the road.
0: Mm. Now, I want to go back a little bit. Because your story is fascinating. You, you started in electrical engineering. Did you get your electrical engineering degree? I did. Okay. So you're kind of like our family dentist. He went through electrical engineering, uh, mechanical engineering college, graduated honors. And then he goes, you know, I want to be a dentist. Like, wow. That's an expensive pivot in your life. Uh, <laughs> so tell us about, so. Did you start getting these ideas about the teamwork, strategy, coaching and all that stuff while you're studying for electrical engineering or was it after you got your degree? It was after and I
1: was in the middle of my career and one day my boss came to me and said, hey, Matt, I want you to lead a team. I'm like, why do you want me to lead a team? I know nothing about leading teams. You know, I only know about leading electrons. And he says, don't worry, you'll be fine. Well, that's not me. I, I, I wasn't fine. I was worried. And so, you know, what do I do? I start studying. I just study everything I can get my hands on, on leadership, on teamwork. I'm trying to understand this new world that my boss wants me to enter And, um, and so then, uh, you know, along that path, I uh, encountered this tool called the Enneagram. And this was several years into, um, having become a manager and leading teams. And, you know, so when I first, you know, came across that, I'm like, Oh, okay. This is interesting. It reminds me of some other tools that I've already learned, like Myers-Briggs or Disc or Strength Finders. There's a lot of, Tools out there for you know getting teams of people to work well together, and they've always fascinated me. But this one really stuck out to me, and I think it really appealed to my engineering mind because the uh, the other systems, you know, seemed to me to be just kind of a snapshot of people. Whereas the Enneagram describes, it's more dynamical. It, it can describe how our behaviors change over time, depending on our stress levels, maturity levels. So it's, um, it's really powerful in that way. So now it adds this whole layer of time to the, the, um, you know, to understanding how people interact with others so that was, you know, it started me on that path of really becoming fascinated about how teams work.
0: You know, when you're mentioning about all the assessment tools, when I was in ninth grade, I took a career assessment profile at school. Now, keep in mind, this is back in 19, and I've already lost some of my younger listeners like 19, Uh, 1965. Uh, It was back in 19, I want to say 1979, I took the assessment test in ninth grade, do you know what they told me, the assessment told me I should do, what career I should go into? This is going to blow your mind. you want me to guess? I'd say astronaut. <laughs> no, no. It was agriculture. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> what now? I was like, are you serious? Uh, I am not a farmer. I respect farmers, but I'm not a farmer. Just wanted to put that out there. You said something very interesting. Before we, before we get be, uh, deeper into the NEAgram. did I say that right? nea yeah. Yeah. It's just Enneagram is, okay. is perfect. Okay. Yep. You mentioned you did three things when you were asked by your manager to lead a team, you studied, studied, studied. I don't want the listener to miss that because a lot of people will just throw their arms up and go, I don't know what to do. I can't do this. And they go into this really negative state. And I'm a firm believer that you should be learning something new every single day. Yes. holidays, vacations. You should be learning something every day because today you should be better than you were yesterday, but tomorrow you should be better than you are today. And you do that by studying. So here's my challenge to the listener. And man, I want you to chime in on this. Uh, If you're struggling with something, dear listener, that's an indication you should go study, go get a book, go attend a webinar, go find someone on social media and learn from them. Because when you have a question about something, instead of giving up, Go learn about it, and then it won't be hard for you anymore because you're like, oh, yeah, I started it. I get it. What say you? Yeah. Uh, You know,
1: that's such a good point. And, you know, my natural reaction uh, a lot of times when I don't understand something is to, you know, get online and and start researching or, you know, find a resource that I can read about and understand it. So absolutely, you know, don't, don't be frustrated when you don't know something or don't understand something, just use whatever that feeling is that you have as motivation to figure it out and you know just spend a little time and and you know be generous with yourself you know it, it, that that's always um something that's important you know when you're faced with a challenge be generous with yourself give yourself some time give yourself some s- slack and you know go through that process of of learning something new and you know the more challenging it is the you know, the better it will be for you in the long run. So just stick with it.
0: One of the the only news source, uh, the only source I get my news from is from Bill O'Reilly. He used to be with Fox News. He's got his own internet show Monday through Thursday called the No Spin News. And at the end of every broadcast, he has a word of the day. And these are like words that we don't use anymore. I mean, really archaic. And last week, I kid you not, He said, word of the day, it's Clinch Poop, C L I N C H P O O P. And I'm like, and he doesn't tell you what it is because he wants you to go look it up. A Clinch Poop is a moronic or an idiotic person. And now, because the name Clinch Poop, and because I'm a man, I'll never forget that ever. And when I call people a Clinch Poop, they're like, what? Here's what it means. And then they go, oh, that's fascinating. So they start telling people. So all my people in my inner circle are starting to call it morons, clinch poops. but it's a real word. You can go look it up. It is an archaic word, but it is a real word. And I thought that was so funny.
1: That's a great one. Now
0: I want to know the next time you say you call someone a clinch. Poop. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's going to be very shortly after this. I can tell you. Well, hopefully you don't call me a clinch. Poop when we're I'm done with the show down. here today. Okay. Let's, so let's go a little deeper on the Enneagram uh, tool. Tell us, because I, I like to get really practical with my listener because a lot of podcasts I've listened to, you've probably listened to them. They're like really theoretical. They're really out there with Pluto is. And people go, how can I apply this to my life? So I want you to give us some ideas that the listener can grab this. You know, cause they're probably out for a run, walking the dog, running on the treadmill. They have nothing to write with. And I want to give them a couple nuggets that they can cling on to and go, wow, I could use that today. So what do you got for it, Matt?
1: Well, first of all, you know, I encourage, um, people to check out the Enneagram and, and do a little research on it. So why, why would you want to do that? Um, I could tell you that, um, in my adult life, it is the single most important thing I have ever encountered. Mm. Um, it let me know about myself better than any other system or tool that I've come across. It really gave me insight into what makes me tick. And, and then once I realized, oh, okay, now I understand how I tick, and the Enneagram describes these nine distinct dynamics. So I'm one of nine. And then I'm reala- realizing that, okay, so I'm operating this way, but that's not the way the rest of the people are operating. And even when I think they're Clint's poops, they're not. They're, oh, wow. That was they,
0: nice. That was, oh man, that was, that was really good. Nice job. <laughs> exactly
1: you know and because we do feel that way at times uh, about other people yet you know they are reacting in a way that is exactly right for them and they're telling us something not only about themselves but about the situation that can help us better understand the situation from their perspective and that's That is one of the beautiful things about the Enneagram is it gives you these nine views of the world and that your view of the world isn't the only view. It isn't the right view. There are no right and wrong views. We're all processing the world in our distinct way and we can all learn from each other when we take the time to understand that and appreciate it you know and this is you know one of the, the 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 core tenets of teamwork right is you know appreciating other people's perspectives listening to other people and then coming to consensus around common problems to solve them collectively so that you know everybody ends up being happy with the solution
0: how would you like to get my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs absolutely free? Well, you can. All you have to do is go to top 5 com. That's the number five, 5 com to get my, well, top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. You know, when you were saying that everyone's got their own view of the world, I remember when I was a young child, I must've been in elementary school. My parents used to take me every Christmas Eve to my father's parents' house to celebrate Christmas Eve. And Christmas Day, we'd go to my mother's side of the family. And I thought, cause I was the only child, I thought everyone in the world did that. And it wasn't until I moved out, you know, with the cowards like, oh, you don't go to your father's mother's side of the family and Chris, like, what are you talking about? But because I lived in that bubble, I literally thought the entire world did that. And so that that memory, which I wasn't even thinking about until you said that, made me realize we all do different things. Now, let's take it back to the workplace, okay? There are people who are introverts. There are people who are extroverts. There are people like me who are ambiverts. In other words, when I'm on a podcast, when I'm in front of the stage, I'm an extrovert. But I... If I go to a party, I'm kind of like a wallflower, and if you're an extrovert and you're talking to a very, very, very much introverted person, you're gonna have to you can't be a bull in the china shop to them because they're they're gonna they're gonna run away from you that's but that's what you're saying right I mean, yeah that's such a great example, right? yeah
1: we all you know come two teams and teamwork and the workplace, you know, in our, you know, distinct style and, you know, and it's really interesting because one of the, um, Enneagram types is the Type Five, and the Type Fives tend to be on the quiet side. They tend to be observers. They tend to collect lots of information, and uh, you know, and so they're not going to be the most outgoing. And they can be a little put off by somebody who's super outgoing. So, you know, one of the things that that you want to do is, uh, you know, especially as a leader, is to meet people where they're at, you know, and, Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, you know, one of the things that I really learned, um, you know, as I went through this process is that I need to adjust my style to better match the style of, you know, whichever teammate that I'm working with. Right. And this is a way to, um, communicate better. It's a way to, Tell them that you appreciate them and their style. It's a way to build trust and rapport with people. And so, uh, but the the key to all of this is one learning your own style first. Mm. You know, because once you uh, you know understand your own style, say you know, oh, I'm a super talkative extrovert. You know, it's like oh, okay, I've got to learn to check that a little bit when I'm talking to my you know quieter colleagues and spend more time just listening, even if that listening makes me feel
0: uncomfortable because it's like, oh, let's go. Come on, let's talk. Mm -hmm. Well, what's interesting is just because somebody is quiet, to your point, doesn't mean they're not taking everything in. And so I always thought, not recently, but when I was growing up, when you're quiet, you weren't that intelligent. Now I know it's not true because when you ask them a question, they don't beat around the bush. Like if I wanted to go from Houston to Palo Alto, some people would go to Tallahassee, take a boat to Africa, go over to Egypt, go over to Russia, to Japan, Hawaii, L.A., and then Palo Alto. But other people would go directly from Houston to Palo Alto. Mm. And what I find a lot of the quiet people, they're just listening to everybody. And they'll go, Hey, Sally, what do you think? ABC, boom. There's no discussion. They just give their answer. There's nothing wrong with that. There are people who don't like to talk out loud. I am always talking out loud to myself. I find as a solopreneur that works, you know, mainly my wife goes to her job and I'm home. The dog probably thinks I'm insane because I'm always talking to myself. She's probably going, You talking to me? I don't know what you're saying. But for me, talking a lot clarifies my thoughts. But there are people who, like to be quiet and, and get their thoughts together. Neither one is right. Neither one is wrong. It depends on what's most effective for you.
1: Right. Oh, that's such a great point. Yeah. So we all have our different ways of processing information. Some people are, you know, and, and this is another aspect of the, the Enneagram that I'll, I'll point out is that it, um, while there are nine types, they split up the nine types into three groups of three. Oh, okay. and, and in these three groups of three, there are the gut people, the heart people, and the head people. And one of the things, you know, and once you understand the Enneagram, you start to see it everywhere. So, one of the places that I saw it really obviously was the Wizard of Oz. Because... As Dorothy is going along her journey, she encounters the, the lion who, you know, wants courage or guts, encounters the tin man who wants a heart mm-hmm. and encounters the scarecrow who wants a brain. And, and so what the, the Wizard of Oz is telling us is that there are these three intelligences that we all have. We all have our gut intelligence, our heart intelligence, and our head intelligence. But it also, you know, the Enneagram will say, well, depending on your Enneagram, your dominant Enneagram dynamic, which of those three is your starting point? Mm. Right. And, you know, and people will always ask me, you know, well, you know, I test high on, you know, so I'm a type six, you know, so I, I, I so I know that's my starting point. And people will say, you know, hey, d- d- can I be more than one type? And I'll answer, well, are you right handed or left handed? You know, most often they'll say, oh, I'm right handed. I'm like, well, does that mean you don't have a left hand? No, I have a left hand. Do you use your left hand? Yeah, I use it all the time. Right. And the more you use it, the better you get at it. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and it's the same way with Enneagram types is you know we all have our starting point our dominant type but we have more or less access to the other types and the more we exercise accessing the other types the better we'll get it at, at doing it and at, you know and then you can go back to the the dorothy story because really this could be looked at as a story of a person dorothy on her journey and she's learning to listen to her three intelligences mm. as she goes along her journey. And she's taking in that information and, you know, essentially forming a team with each one of these intelligences informing her to help her get to her goal. So, you know, that's just an, another way to look at the Enneagram as, as a tool for tapping in to all your distinct intelligences. And and this is, you know, and it, just as an aside, this has been one of my COVID projects is to really understand and listen to my other intelligences and figure out how to do that. And 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 one of the ways I did it was in um, learning to play instruments. Oh, because wow. when you when you learn to play instrument, right, you know, I start in my head and I'm like thinking about how to play the instrument. Mm -hmm. Then I start playing it. And then after a while, I kind of start to feel the instrument and I get this feeling. I'm like, "Ooh, that's the feeling intelligence coming in and letting me know how to play this instrument. And then after a while, I get to the point where I can play a song and I can be thinking about something completely different <laughs> or, you know, I could be playing a song and instead of concentrating on the song, I'm, I'm interacting with the person I'm playing for. And that's when it's become this instinctual or gut level. You know, it's so ingrained in me that it's just natural. So I'm I'm enjoying just that whole process of learning and bringing all three of my intelligences to
0: to the party to learn how to play instruments. I love how you brought up the musical instruments because I remember back in the day. Again, going back to Mark's childhood on the show, I was trying to learn to play guitar. I took guitar lessons, and I remember going to this guy's house and and I don't talk to me. I'm trying to read the music. And then he could just like look around and like, man, but he, he, he learned how to do that through practice. And so I know people are dying to find out how they can find out more about the Enneagram. But Before we tell them that Matt, is there anything else on your heart that you wanted to share with the listener today that you didn't get an opportunity to now it's okay to say, Nope, I think I shared everything, but I just want to give you an opportunity. Well, so, You know,
1: there's a lot of great books out there on the Enneagram. And um, anybody who's interested in the Enneagram and learning more, there's one called Enneagram Made Easy. And it's one I recommend for people who are, you know, just getting going because it's, it's a fun way to both introduce it to yourself, but then also to have discussions in your, in your, within your family and, um, and kind of get to know each other's dynamics. Um, but the one thing that, you know, I, uh, what fascinated me about the Enneagram is I asked the question, why are the Enneagram types numbers? Why aren't they letters or colors or animals or, you know, whatever? Um, and it turned out there was a reason why they're numbers. And the reason why they're numbers one to nine is it's actually describing a process Steps one through nine. Ah. And each one of those human dynamics is the dynamic for a specific point in problem solving. So the Enneagram is also a problem solving process. Wow. And this is one aspect of the Enneagram that isn't commonly understood or shared or written about, which is why I wrote my book, because I started using the Enneagram is a problem-solving tool with teams, and it works fantastically well. So that's why I really wanted to share that aspect of the Enneagram with the world.
0: Excellent. So tell us where we can find out more about you. Where can we get your book and all that good stuff? Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. So
1: um, you can find me. My website is EvolutionaryTeams.com. And so you can, you can find me there. You can contact me. Um, you can get a, um, I have a free assessment, an Enneagram assessment there. If you want to check that out, um, you, there's links. You can learn about my book, Teamwork 9.0, which is also available on Amazon. Love to, um, hear your thoughts about it after you've read it. Um, so please do share that with me. And, uh, I'd just love to, you know, find out how your, audience members are um, finding and working with the Enneagram.
0: Excellent. Well, man, I want to thank you for being on the show today. It was a completely insightful conversation because before we connected on email, I never I, I'm like, what is this? Now I know what it is. So I learned something today. And because of that, I'm not a Clint's poop. So yeah. <laughs>
1: That, Mark, it was such a pleasure speaking with you today and let's all go out and not be Clint's poops.
0: <laughs> and before we go, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski podcast. I know that there is an endless stream of options for you in this day and age